Hello and good day, beautiful, magnificent podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be back with you again. I know it has been a little bit since I have released an episode, and that is because we went to Italy, and then upon getting back to Canada, we moved our entire house out to the western uh, part of Canada and it moving is a huge task. So I'm getting set up in my new location and ready to bring you some amazing content. So this is a great way to kick it off because we have Dr. Donnie Wilson on. We are talking about how to master your stress and reset your health. I think it's fair to say most people deal with stress. So in this episode, we talk about optimal stress, embracing stress, what you stress is, doing a stress self-assessment, chaos versus peace, learning the patterns of stress, the three-step recovery tool, uh, understanding the nervous system, your mental map of the world, the work of Dr. Sebi, and so much more. So this is a phenomenal episode. I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do, please share it far and wide because we're also, well, I'm also, don't know why I'm speaking in third person. Um, and, well, there's some people that help me. I guess maybe that's why. But uh, we're trying to get the episodes out and there's been a new wave of censorship and baloney. And so, yeah, just trying to deal with that. So your shares, your support are the best way to get the show out there, leaving a review. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or suggestions, hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com as well. If you're interested in working with me, I've actually started working with some new people, including more youth, which is very interesting how um, the coaching goes and ebbs and flows. And so uh, if I can support you in any way, check out mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I'd love to hear from you, work with you, and support you in any way. So that's it. Uh, the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. So let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, power, courage, strength, faith, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely epic episode with Dr. Donnie Wilson. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show and get us off the blacklist and the shadow bands and all that kind of stuff, please share episodes far and wide. Uh, go to mattbelair.com where you can find exclusive content. You can access it for free or by donation. And the best way to support this show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a naturopathic doctor, certified professional midwife, certified nutrition specialist, and author of Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health. For more than 22 years, she has helped thousands of patients overcome health challenges and achieve wellness by using specific strategies that address the whole body and ultimately resolve the underlying causes of distress. Welcome to the show, Dr. Donnie Wilson. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on the show because lots of people are stressed the mother F out, um, including me at times. And if you're watching this live and you're wondering uh, what's going on with my eye, I've got a nice purple sweet shiner because I got dinged with a golf ball. So if anybody is <laughs> curious about what's going on with that, I'll just address that right now. Um, mm -hmm. But thanks so much for coming on the show. Your book looks amazing. Your work looks awesome. Um, and so why don't you just share a little bit more about yourself because you have a big bio. I just read a little bit. So tell us about a little bit about your journey and why you uh, came to writing this book after doing all this uh, years of helping people one-on-one. -on -one. Mm, thank you for asking. Yes, I'm, I trained at Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington as a naturopathic doctor and a midwife, 
way back when I graduated in the year 2000. And really, I grew up on the West Coast of the United States, Oregon, Washington, California. And then after I finished in 2000, I, then I did a residency for a year. And then I moved to the tri-state area of New York right after 9-11. So here was the thing is that I, when I was studying to be a midwife, I studied how stress affects women in labor. This was already something I was interested in from, a, from way back then. I wanted to see how is it that right when we think of childbirth it is something that we kind of automatically most people have a little bit of fear around that like what's going to happen is it going to be painful you know like what is the baby going to be okay is the mom going to be okay there's so many question marks and so it was to me an area that i really wanted to study and what i learned from women in labor is that in labor, we need an optimal amount of stress, really. We need an optimal amount of cortisol and adrenaline in order for labor to progress efficiently for the baby to come out with the least complications. We actually need some cortisol and adrenaline. We don't want zero. But at the same time, if there's not enough support for, for the stress that women are going through, if there's too much cortisol and adrenaline, then labor comes to a stop. And so I thought that was so interesting that it's about how do we achieve this optimal amount of cortisol and adrenaline for a normal body process like childbirth, right? And so then I moved to the tri-state area right after 9-11, a hugely stressful time in the New York area, let alone around the world. And I thought to myself, well, does the same principle apply to all humans that actually we need an optimal amount of cortisol and adrenaline in order to get through stress in our most optimal state, right? So that the stress doesn't have to drain us and cause burnout. And so that's what I've been researching and practicing, you know, through clinical practice and, you know, all these years since 2001. And what I ended up, I'm such a person where I like to test. So I start testing, I'm measuring cortisol levels, I'm measuring adrenaline levels, and we can go into this more. But it's, to me, it's like, I want to really understand what's going on in the body, and then understand what are all the different tools from nature and from whether it's exercise and sleep and activities that we can choose that help us optimize that cortisol and adrenaline. And so this became uh, really the protocol that I use to this day for all different health issues. So as you mentioned, I mean, I see I don't just help women who are pregnant or going through labor. I help women and men with fertility. I help with all kinds of hormone balancing, including, uh, you know, perimenopause or low testosterone, or you name it, any kind of low thyroid function, any kind of hormone imbalance. But I also have specialized in helping to optimize neurotransmitter levels because they are also affected by stress, things like serotonin, dopamine, GABA. I help with that and then I help really to me it's about how do we help our bodies recover from stress overall immune system digestion you know in addition to the nervous system and the hormones and so that's really where what this book is about was me bringing that whole protocol together and saying looking at it and saying what am I doing with my patients that's working all men women uh, children all different ages from you know zero to a hundred years old what am I finding out that's helping people thrive, even though we're under a lot of stress? Of course, you know, since 2001, there's still, even especially in the past couple of years, more and more stress. So how do we stay healthy while stressed? Well, well, you know, your book is definitely timely for the uh, stress aspect of society in the world. And I like how you started out with, with 
sharing that, you know, there is a certain level of stress that's necessary. Um, you know, in our world, we live in a world that is stressful, right? Um, in Buddhism, they say life is suffering. And I like Alan Watts interpretation where he says life is more frustrating and every day life is fairly frustrating. So when you accept that, um, you can figure out tools to then manage that because it's not like, oh, yesterday wasn't frustrating. And today, you know, it's going to be different and all, you know, roses all the time. There's frustration, but it's necessary for you to respond, for you to adapt. Um, but how you handle that is up to you. And that's where your power comes from. And so, you know, I've heard before that there's different types of stress. Like one of them is good. I think it's called you stress or something. So maybe you can talk about that because you would know better than me. Um, and I've also heard uh, stress is like the number one cause of disease. So when you want someone to get healthy, it's like, well, you look at, are you stressed? And almost hundred percent of the time they'll say yes. And it'll be chronic stress. And I think that many people suffer from chronic stress chronic stress and they, they don't even know they don't know what it's like to feel free and uh relaxed and that's why retreats are so good that's why i love going in the mountains and nature and snowboarding because i know exactly what it's like to be calm and relaxed and peaceful and connected and all these beautiful things and many people they don't know that because they're not familiar with that feeling or understanding so uh, maybe you can speak to a few of those points Oh, absolutely. So much, so much goodness to cover there. I mean, and I love that you're mentioning about you stress and just embracing our stress because so much of the time we've been taught to either, first of all, think that we're not supposed to be stressed, right? Like if we feel stressed, we feel like there's something wrong with us or we failed or, you know, we're supposed to be able to withstand all stress without it affecting us. And I like to just you know, like you said, be more realistic and say, hey, life is going to have challenges that come up, you know, it's not about, you know, reacting and feeling so disappointed by that, but to realize, hey, this is, this is part of being human, we're going to have some stress exposure, some of it we can anticipate, some of it we're not going to anticipate, right, there's going to be some unknowns that occur, and how do we come from a, a place where we just know, not that we've given up either, right? Because some people be like, well, there's going to be stress. So I might as well just give up and like, you know, just deal with it. Like, there's another piece of it, right? There's this mindset of almost like just ignoring it because you feel like you can't do anything about it. So it's, I'm encouraging you to not go there either, right? Don't just don't ignore it. Don't dismiss it. Don't expect that it's not going to affect you instead kind of embrace it or this is where this term master comes in how do we master it so that we can bring in this level of self-acceptance acceptance of life and also be in the present moment with how can we support ourselves through it what are the things that we can choose on a daily basis to support ourselves through the stress that we're exposed to and that's really the distinction um, so I'm so glad you you're bringing that up from the very beginning and to to say, hey, OK, from now that we're in that mindset of, you know, and there are some stresses that are you stresses, like what that means is there are some stresses we're going to choose on purpose. We're going to choose to, for example, exercise every time we exercise. It's to some degree, it's a stress on our system. But to a certain extent, we want that stress because it causes our body to adapt and our muscles to build and our heart to pump. And these are this is a, a stress we want to expose ourselves to, but we also need to be mindful of if we overdo the exercise, we're going to be raising our cortisol and or adrenaline too much. And now we're 
overstressing ourselves with exercise, something that could be good for us, we're overdoing it. And so I think it's also learning this, what's just the right amount for you and your body at this point in time in your life and what's too much, right? Like, and I think that's a hard concept for us humans to grasp, right? Like we're so used to all or nothing or black or white, like just give me an exact amount of time and exact instructions and I'll follow it. But that's, it's not that simple. We need to individualize it for your body in order to really, for you to maximize the benefit and not have the negative from, from any new stress that you choose. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I think one of the big things that you speak about in your book is like taking uh, an inventory is seeing where you are like, okay, so reflect like at a scale out of one out of 10 or one out of a hundred, whatever scale you like, you know, how stressed am I? each and every day, you know, and working with limiting beliefs or fears, one of the things I'll get my clients to do is write down all of your worst fears. Like, especially if you can do a new project and, and you're thinking about something, write down all the things that are so terrible. And when you do that, you're, you're taking it from the unconscious, which is like this boogeyman closet, horrifying thing. And you bring it out in the open and you realize it's not as bad. And even if it is the worst possible scenario, you're like, well, that's kind of unlikely. And even if it does happen, I can overcome that. So it's addressing it. It's seeing where, it is and that way you can create a plan or a, a tactic to overcome it and so you speak about this in your book and you talk about how to determine what's stressing you out so how do you first assess where people are like can understand where the stress is coming from how much of it's they have how much of it is healthy and then help with the tools to you know live a more peaceful life because the opposite of stress is relaxation and i liked how you talked about the neurotransmitters because when you're in a flow state you're not in stress you know, even in combat, which a fight, you know, if you're in there, you're not supposed to, although it is stressful because they're trying to kick you in the head or whatever they're trying to do, your mm -hmm. job is to relax. And that way you function at the highest possible level of your capabilities and abilities. And so we need to, we can learn how to master that. And when you do that in your daily life and that's your operating system, you're going to be able to receive a lot more energy, a lot more input and a lot more uh, information to come up with new solutions. But if you're in stress, you're basically in fight or flight and you're not going to be open to adaptation, new ideas, solutions, and you're kind of kind of feel trapped. Yeah, there, there is. It's like, how do we you know, just this concept that we can actually choose things, ways of eating, getting enough sleep, hydration, uh, different activities during the day, practice so that we can really practice getting to that flow state that you're mentioning. I talk about Wu Wei in the book, you know, where it's like, how do you, how do we really put words to that experience, whether it's say in jujitsu, which I mentioned in the book, or other other act any activity, whether it's even you're working on a project, um, writing a book, for example, anything that we want to do in our lives, we want to get to that point where we have this energy, creativity, our our mind is a mental clarity, right? And and at the same time, you know, being able to then create and do what we feel is our purpose, what we feel inspired to do. And it's, it's that the getting to that flow state that we, you know, we really could choose, even if we're, we're parenting, right? We're with our children, right? How do we be most creative and energetic and present for them versus when we get into a state of chaos and overwhelm with anything we're doing, then yeah, then it's like, we just feel all out of sync and, and um, it's not going to feel as good. And so it's, how do we, how do we really optimize that? And so what I would do is 
a couple things, you know, because by the way, I have a history of migraines. So a lot of what drove my interest in researching this and figuring this out was I was trying to solve my migraines. I was getting severe migraines a couple times a month and I was, you know, medications didn't help. I'm very sensitive to medications. It wasn't a solution for me anyway. I wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to take this medication for the rest of my life. I was like, no, I want to figure out what my body's trying to tell me with these migraines. That's how I really look at it. any symptom that we have, whether it's fatigue or pain anywhere in your body or, or hormone imbalance or whatever you're experiencing, even autoimmunity, it's a signal from the body that something's out of balance, that the stress is outweighing the anti-stress. And how do we figure out where that, why that imbalance exists? What, what's, what is the stress that's outweighing the anti-stress? Is it just a matter of adding more anti-stress? Is it a matter of helping the body recover from the stress? And so this is what really drove me to do a lot of testing, you know? So I'm measuring cortisol levels on thousands of people over a couple decades. Usually I'm measuring cortisol at different times a day, right? Because cortisol is a, is a hormone that should be higher in the morning, wake us up, get us going, and then gradually decrease through the day so it's lowest before we go to sleep. So we need to measure it not just at one time a day, we would need to measure it when we wake up and in the middle of the day and the evening and the bedtime and we can do that more easily. At this point in time, we do that with urine or saliva. I always say I hope in the near future that it will the test will be developed that's going to make it so much faster and efficient for us to measure cortisol at different times of days. But for now, that's what we do. We can you can do it at home. We get a test through a practitioner like me. You can measure your cortisol different times a day. And you can see, is it is it too high at certain times a day? Is it too low at certain times a day? Now that information is telling us not just what is your cortisol at this day in this moment, but this is your overall cortisol pattern over time. So I look at it as this is where your body has landed based on your various stress exposures in your life. And so we can see, I see patterns, right? I'm If I'm looking at thousands of samples, I'm like, what are the patterns here? What are most, what happens with most people in their cortisol levels? Because when I ask people, what do you think your cortisol levels are? A lot of people would guess that their cortisol is too high. And actually, when we look at the results, it's, it's, there are some people who have cortisol that's too high, but that's not the majority. There's also people who have too low of cortisol or sometimes a combination of too low and too high in the same day. And so we want to understand what your cortisol is up to because the treatment's different. See that we know the treatment's different in terms of nutrients and herbs for sure, based on research and what I see clinically. But here's what Matt, what I also wanna push us to do is I even want us to say, to be asking the question of how should my spirituality be different? How should my meditation be different? How should my workout be different? How should my sleep be different? How should my diet be different? depending on what my cortisol levels up to and my goal of getting it to optimal. And so this is what I wrote about in the book is I went through all the research studies that studied this to this point in time and said, how do we tweak your day-to-day -day routine, let alone your nutrients and herbal uh, protocol to depending on if your cortisol is too high or too low, what do we need to do to get it to optimal? And, and I did the same thing with adrenaline because adrenaline is also part of our stress response. And it can vary. Some people may have high adrenaline based on their stress exposure from the past and their genetics. 
and other people will have low adrenaline and they need a completely different treatment protocol. So it's like if a, so many times people come to see me and they're actually taking the completely wrong protocol for the, to get their cortisol and adrenaline back to optimum. Wow. Well, you shared a lot there. And I, I really like the holistic approach because I feel like it's so important. You know, if your sleep is way out of whack or it's the nutrition or you're not getting exercise, it really is a holistic system because the body is holistic. And it's also uh, important to factor in the spiritual and the relationships and what's going on in your life. You know, most people who have all of those things clued in, you know, that everything is functioning fine, they're going to be healthy. And often when you're ill, you're going to have you know, one, two, three, or all of them messed up. So it's really important to kind of take that, um, that inner assessment. And so once you do that, you talk about a three-step protocol, which I feel is important. So can you talk about that? Because I, I know a lot of people are stressed out, you know, and so they're going to look for tools to manage the stress. And so what's the first thing you, you get people to do? Well, and here's the thing is that it, of course, we'd love if we could just take one step and have it fixed overnight, you know, like, <laughs> it's always like, what can I do right now to solve it all by tomorrow, you know? <laughs> yeah, what's the pill I take? I want to be, <laughs> I don't want to do anything. And read it forever too, right? It's just like, no more stress ever. Right. I mean, believe me, if that was possible, I would definitely tell you guys, as far as I can tell, you know, it's, it's going to be more of a stepwise approach because ultimately it's not really a quick fix that we want we want a really deep resolution of the effects of stress that have accumulated in your body and your nervous system throughout your life right that's not a small task you know most all of us have been exposed to stress from from early childhood and and even research shows that stress that we were exposed to from our parents and grandparents stress exposure um, let alone our day-to-day -day stress um, and even, you know, the past two years stress, right? So it, all of that is going to, our bodies are going to be responding and adapting to our stress exposure. I always say like, it's like we have a stress radar system, our amygdala and our, and our autonomic nervous system are going to respond to stress. That's just part of being human. We can't take that away. That would then we would we would not be enjoying our life either <laughs> we need to we want our stress signaling system but what we want is we want our system to tell us when there's a stress and help us respond to the stress on purpose but when the stress is gone we want it to turn off as you talked about and go into relaxation rest and digest we want to go into that um, parasympathetic state and so we need our bodies to be able to do both we need our bodies to respond and to rest and and so well, the key with that, mind, oh yeah. I just want to jump in and, and get you to say what the key is. But, uh, you know, I, I did some training with a friend of mine, Mark England, who's a very excellent coach. And he shows this example of, uh, I can't remember what animal it is, like a bear that got in a fight or something. And then the bear is super stressed and you see the breathing's crazy. Then all of a sudden it does like these huge deep breaths. And then it comes back to um, basically a state of calm where humans, we have like, you know, high stress or even medium or low, like all day. It's like a one stressful thing, or it's like, it could be something like money. It could be like a job. It could be a relationship. And that just stays with us all, all over time where animals are really good at, you know, oh, it's a fight or flight system. The body's on, it dumps all of these chemicals in, and then it shuts back and it goes into a state of equilibrium. So this is so important because um, like I said, you know, that's what meditation is 
this for? And that's why it doesn't need to be just meditation. You might hate it. So you might want to go snowboarding. You might want to go for a walk in nature. You might want to do anything that just creates relaxation in the present moment because you're teaching the body. This is what this feels like. So when you come out, you're like, oh, I feel good from this. Oh, that's interesting. So when you're stressed, you know the difference. You're just not walking in and throughout the day and just this high stress the whole time. So keep going. Exactly. Please tell us the key. It's, it's exactly it. It's like, yeah, if only we could just shake it off. I mean, sometimes I think our nervous system does need kind of a shake, so to speak, to kind of get us out of that, uh, what I call stress mode. So what you're, you know, what you're describing is what I call phase one of the three step process is getting out of stress mode, because we we do we get so we're so constantly stressed. It's like if there was a light switch and the light switch is just stuck in the on position. Even if we're doing something chill, like people will say to me, well, I have this, my life is not stressful anymore. I'm, my relationship's great. My job is not stressful. Yes, it was stressful in the past, but now I'm, I'm chill. Everything's good. I don't understand why I'm still feeling stressed. Well, it's because this stress signal got the light switch stuck in the stress mode. And so literally your nervous system is prepared for you to be constantly stressed, even if your life already has shifted. And so we need to, the first phase of this is all about, we need to help turn off that light switch. We need to at least turn the dimmer switch so we can get your body responding to stress appropriately again, instead of just constantly anticipating and preparing you for stress, we need your body to be able to do like the bear and be like, I can respond to stress and I can chill out and I can go back and forth. And that's when, by the way, when we measure heart rate variability, where it does what we're looking at is, you know, when heart rate variability increases, when we're, when our body and our nervous system is better able to go in and out of a stress mode. Um, and so it's, that's the first phase is how do we calm? How do we create calm? And I even include in this phase supporting the calming neurotransmitters such as GABA and serotonin, because when we're under constant stress, our GABA and serotonin levels often become depleted. And it's it's so essential to me to first get those serotonin and GABA levels back up to optimal. Because, and this is the thing is we, we, we're so wanting to feel better I can't tell you how many patients are like, let me skip phase one and just go to phase two. Let me just get my, right? They, you run, if you, for example, have had low cortisol, low adrenaline, and you're, you're feeling tired and brain fog, and you're just like, I can't do this another day. Can't I just skip to phase two and start raising my cortisol and adrenaline levels? And I'm like, well, you can, but you're likely going to feel worse because if you're already in a state of stress, and you're now trying to just give your adrenals more of a push, right? Like you could just go buy a adrenal supportive supplement or glandular supplement or something. And you're like, let me just start taking some adrenal support. Well, if you don't have enough calming and you don't have this rebalancing of your sympathetic state, it could actually make you feel worse. So I don't know if that happened to me, by the way, when I first figured out that I had completely burned out cortisol and adrenaline levels. And I had learned in naturopathic medical school, here's what you take, here's the herbs and nutrients you take. I felt worse. I was getting heart palpitations, I'm getting anxiety. I'm like, how come I'm taking adrenal support and I feel worse? So I had to figure it out. And I figured out, oh, it's because my serotonin and GABA levels are completely depleted. I need to address that first. So this is what I teach you in the book is get the, calm, the calming part of your system built back up again. 
and get out of stress mode first, then, then we can be much more effective at addressing cortisol and adrenaline levels that might be too low or dopamine that's too low. Um, then we can get your energy back on track again. And we can also be addressing any other imbalances in phase two. We're gonna be addressing imbalanced gut bacteria, for example, leaky gut, uh, imbalanced hormone levels, imbalanced, you know, the other neurotransmitters. You know, it's like anything that got disrupted by stress, we're gonna work in phase two on getting it back in balance again. And then phase three is all about how do we maintain it? Now that we've created this new balanced state of stress response and stress recovery, and new balanced levels of all these biochemicals in the body, how do we maintain that over time? Because I'm not interested in you just solving it for the moment and then next month you're under stress again and you're right back burned out again. Then you're like, oh geez, now I gotta recover again. No, our goal is I wanna help you get to optimal and maintain that over time. And from there, be able to choose what stresses you're exposing yourself to, but now you learned what do I need to do? Which nutrients, herbs, and daily activities do I choose to keep my levels optimal? And that to me is, you know, really where we all want to be aiming for is that phase three resiliency to stress. I love all that and, and completely agree with that tactic. It's important because you're training the body in a new way of being, right? So I was like, oh, here's this pill, for example. And uh, you know, it might do something for a second, but then you're going to go back to your old way of being. You have to change your thoughts, your modes of being, your, your perspectives, your beliefs in a, you know, in a way. And so when you have this new way of being, then it's going to become a permanent solution uh, to, you know, whether it's like you want to call it your vibration or your mood or the Hawkins scale of consciousness, where I'll talk about, you know, these levels of being. And so you, you really need to change the way you are. And so that's a really uh, great way to kind of frame that process because again, most people like wherever you are, it's like, that's comfortable. You know, let's say it's a zero to a hundred and a hundred is enlightened and peaceful. And we're all kind of at our scale. And so sometimes it takes a little bit of work and effort to boost that scale. Right. And once you do that, then you get familiar and you train your body with that new familiar feeling. Um, it's the same in martial arts. Like when you're doing the use stress and you're training, it's hard at first, but then you learn, I was like, Oh, okay. This isn't so hard. Like, you know, you wrestle for the first time. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. This is so hard, but then your body adapts to it. And the same way to, to feel peaceful, you can train yourself to be in these peaceful states. And one of the things that I teach a lot of my clients is, you know, I get them to, to share, like, what's the mood or feeling that happens most for you, whether it's anxiety or, or fear or worry or whatever, um, get them to put like a watch on or a brace and just get them to notice now. So it's like, okay, well, whenever you feel that, we're going to write down whenever I feel stressed, I'm going to, I'm going to notice it and I'm going to take that bracelet and I'm going to put it to the other side. And what this does is it allows them to be more aware of how they're feeling and how many times this habitual, um, you know, thought or feeling or mood arises. So then you can then take control back And the simplest way that I share is just three deep breaths, be aware of it, take three deep breaths and maybe set an intention, right? But now you're training yourself. It's like, oh, I don't have to stay here. Like some people believe they'll wake up and something negative might happen, miserable all day. It ruins their entire day. Like they don't have the capacity or skills to shift their mood from one tiny thing, where if you get to a mastery level, it goes inverted, where it's like, it's almost really hard to rattle you. 
Right. And you see this in professional sports a lot when people are at the highest level, um, that it's very hard to rattle them because it, that kind of mentality is required for excellence. And so maybe you can kind of speak on what you've learned for uh, mood optimization, flow state and excellence. So, um, you know, how do we get to that level of like just that mastery? I love that. I love that. And it's to me, I think about it as coming back to meditation, where with a meditation, it's not because a lot of people think it's that we're going to stop thinking like I'm supposed to stop my, all my thoughts, but it's actually not that we still have the thoughts. It's just that we're able to separate our, our awareness and our, and our attention so we can observe a thought come in and go by, but we don't have to choose to react to it or do something about it in the moment. Right? So we're creating this space between ourselves and our thoughts. And at that point, then we start to say to our, we start to say, well, who am I really then? Because to be a lot of times we, if we're so identified with our thoughts or our feeling state, we think it's the same. We think we are the anxiety. We think we are the, the, right, the response to the stress or the thought that we're having. We feel like we have to do something about it right now or say something or feel something right now. But in that meditative practice and mindfulness, we create that space where we start to realize like, I'm, I'm the one who's existing in this, in this place, in this time, in this human body. And I get to choose whether I want to do something about that thought right now or not, or that feeling. Right. And so it's creating that space in our existence. And I think that's somewhat of what you're referring to that athletes practice all the time and get really good at that, right. Get really good at, Hey, if something happens, I have, I have enough space and time to decide whether I'm going to react and how am I going to react and what am I going to do? And it's, it does, it is practice, but it's something that we can all practice, whether through use of meditation, because you mentioned earlier, some people it's meditation is not their thing. For me, I always think of it as like meditation can come in so many ways. It could be when we're taking a walk with the dog, you know, like that, as long as you're in that moment with, with the dog and out in nature and you're observing your surroundings and you're observing how you feel in your body even at those moments that in some ways is a moving meditation or mindfulness exercise that you are, are practicing doing something that you might usually already be doing walking the dog or even doing the dishes or doing the laundry right it's like these activities that can actually become mindfulness practices that you know, things that we're doing every day. And I think it's through that, that we, we know from research that that's what trains our nervous system, this neuroplasticity, we can actually retrain our nervous system and our response to our environment by using these tools. And it doesn't have to take that long either, right? I mean, it can be a few minutes a day, and then you start to just look for what works for you. In the book, I, I have a whole chapter, I think of it like a menu of different possible activities you could choose everything from being in silence you talk about like going out in nature um i also grew up skiing in the pacific northwest so i'm with you like when you're out in the outdoors and then you're just you get to be there with the trees and the animals and you're just like like we know that our nervous systems respond to the colors the shapes the sounds of nature wherever you are even if you're not you know skiing on a mountain you could be you know just in your backyard or in a park in the city but the even if you're inside if you look at 
this is why a lot of times you see behind me, I'm always choosing things that are colors and shapes from nature, because I know that our nervous system has an anti-stress response to the colors and shapes from nature. Even if we're looking at them inside or on a computer screen, it's still calming to our nervous system. And so we might as well, I figure we might as well choose to expose ourselves to that, right? We might as well choose that on purpose, just like you mentioned taking a couple deep breaths. We might as well choose to take a couple deep breaths because in doing so, we're signaling to the vagus nerve to turn on the parasympathetic or calming anti-stress nervous system just by taking a couple deep breaths. I mean, we have the power right here with us to choose these things to help our bodies recover from stress. It's just that so much of the time we get caught up in our lives and we, we lose track of, of how to choose that and for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And the big uh, factor I want to narrow in on is the that that little space in the stimulus. Like when you don't have this mastery, it's like the environment will produce something. So traffic, somebody cuts you off. So then it's like you almost have to yell at the person or just respond in whatever comes up first. Right? It's like, well, he cut me off, so I just did this. It's like you have no control over your state of being or your response. Right. So then after a bit, you might feel anger but choose a different response. And then over time, you'll actually be neutral. That's when you really get into a very powerful state of being where you're neutral with what's happening and you're not labeling it good or bad because it's all these preferences, right? It's like this uh, Zen farmer story where, um, you know, at first the, uh, you know, I don't know, the horse runs away and his neighbor says, oh, that's so bad. You know, what bad luck the horse ran away. Then the farmer says, maybe. Then the next day the horse comes back with a bunch more horses. And then the, the farmer goes, oh, the neighbor says, such such good luck and he goes well maybe and then his son breaks his arm you know breaking in the horse the neighbor comes over and said oh what bad luck and he says maybe um and then they come to conscript his son and he can't go because he's broken his leg and then so you know the neighbor says oh what good luck he says maybe and so it's like this not you know this this mastery of it's not good or bad and also our preferences is just to manage our preferences we prefer to get to the location without any traffic with any hiccups but life is life there's probably going to be stuff and so when you manage when the external stimulus happens and your response to it that's where your power lies and it changes your way of being and it, and, it, and it puts you back in the driver's seat because the opposite of that is you're a victim to all of this stuff that's happening to you right and so you're you're in this very disempowered way of being and uh, that's definitely not the way to go and i kind of want to bring up this i've shared this story on the show before um, but i think it'd be interesting for you and your research I've only heard of this once. I was at Bernie Man and I went to a wedding that was there and the best man spoke and it was this guy's brother. And he said, my, you know, my brother has always amazed me. I love my brother. Um, but he did something a few years ago that really shocked and impressed me where he said he was stressed out about work and he goes, you know what? I'm never going to stress out ever again. And he goes, it's been like three years and I've never, I haven't since that moment seen him stress about anything. So that's kind of, I just like to share that for you in your book and your story, because it's like the four minute mile, some dude, and I have no idea how just completely dropped stress was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not, I'm not going to stress. Out. So I just find that story hilarious um, and amazing. But for most of us, we're going to learn these tools and techniques because when you get angry at first, you, you, 
become aware of it or whatever the stress is, anger, anxiety, become aware, use a tool to come into a state of equilibrium of peace. It might take a minute, might take 20 minutes if you're really pissed, who knows? But over time, you're going to spend less of your day in this anger, stress, anxiety, whatever the case is, and more into peace. And that's going to shift the way you view life, your relationships, how you speak, what you see for opportunities, and also for, you know, God, nature, the universe to communicate with you, because you need to be in a state of peace to, to get new ideas, to get new information, um, to be at your best, right? You can't be thinking about all crazy stuff all the time and, and get, you know, whispers or intuitions from, you know, your higher self creator or God or whatever the case is for you. Um, let's go for God, I guess like I, the higher self one for me is now weird. Cause it's like, what it's like me as a higher version of me, like popping it down. So I like, just go to God, like, like something out there, the universe is directing me and my stupidity <laughs> just trying to help me through life. You know what I mean? It's just like, here, let's help this guy, but you got to relax. You know, you got to be in that state of peace because if you're not, nothing's going to come in. You're too focused on the stress and you're in these heightened states. And that's again, why you meditate. So you get more insights. It's a way of your being there's, there's output time, but there's also reflection time or journaling or some, some tool like that. Yeah. And a couple of thoughts for, you know, from just based on what you shared, one is that what I find is that when we have more optimal cortisol levels, adrenaline levels and neurotransmitter levels, all of this gets easier, right? Like, so then because if we're, if we have, let's say too high or too low cortisol or too high or too low adrenaline and our serotonin's depleted and GABA's depleted, then any stress that comes along, it's going to feel like you're driving on a road that has a lot of potholes. You know, you're like, how am I supposed to have a nice chill ride when I have no shock absorbers and I'm driving through potholes? We're going to feel every bump in the road. So to ask of yourself, to stay calm in that situation, it's like, no, your nervous system is getting hit hard all the time. That's a lot to ask of yourself. I would say, hey, let's give you some more serotonin and GABA. So now you've got some shock absorbers, at least for these potholes. And let's fill the potholes. <laughs> let's get your cortisol and adrenaline levels optimized. So now it's like you're driving on a nice flat surface and it's not gonna feel like you might still have some corners and you might still have a few bumps, but it's a lot easier to handle than if you're driving, you know, on a pothole road with no shock absorbers. And so to me, like I would say, let's give your body the support it needs. If you're if you've been in a under a lot of stress and your system is depleted, now your biochemistry and your hormones are depleted, that's not gonna that's gonna be a much harder place to expect that you're gonna get through these moments, right? And so what I find is that when my patients get to, to more optimized hormone and neurotransmitter levels, then they report back to me. They're like, oh my gosh, this stressful thing happened. And I was like able to just handle it. Like I was able, I didn't feel that same level of overwhelm or irritability or whatever it was for them. Like, because now they're their inner state, not only have they been training their nervous system based on mindfulness and so on, but they've actually also have a more balanced biochemistry to work with. And I do think that, as you mentioned, like some people just decide like they've had enough of it. They're like, I am so done with dealing, feeling that way. I'm just not going to let my nervous system go there anymore. And there's been times when I've done that too. I used to grind my teeth. And one day I just said to my own brain, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to grind my teeth ever again. I'm done. And 
my brain listened and I never, I don't grind my teeth anymore. So I think you, we have, but I, I would say like this thing that you're talking about, like pointing at this, being in a state of gratitude, usually being in a state of calm, having some, being in a state of balance already, then we can have those conversations and make those choices of this that creates an energetic shift, whatever, however you, the person believes in their, in your spirituality, whatever you call that, we're more likely to create that kind of a shift for ourselves when we're already in that calm flow state. You know, that's when it tends to happen. You're right. And we, as much as we would like it to be different, right? Like we're willing, this is the thing as humans, we're willing to try harder, do more, you know, give us, tell us the long list. We're willing, right? We're willing, but it's actually sometimes when we're trying harder, that actually works against us. You know, I think a lot of times the hardest lesson is how do we learn to kind of do less? How do we be okay with a little bit of quiet, a little bit of space, a little bit of, right? Like, how do we allow that space? Because I think it's in, and believe me, it's hard for me too, all the time. It's hard for me to do that because I've always been a person who's willing to do more, do it better, do it longer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how do we learn how to create that optimal space? And I would say, you know, and I share this in the book, one of the things that's helped me the most with all of this is um is work with um well i guess you could call psychedelic therapy or uh you know working with a shaman in peru and i know you've worked with a lot of different spiritual um elders and and healers around the world so if you want to talk more about that we can but i know that has made a big difference especially if a person feels very much like they've tried everything and they're like no matter what i keep getting triggered by stress or I keep getting triggered by something from my past and I can't get my vagus nerve to chill out and calm down, then you may be in a position of thinking of, hey, how do I think outside the box and maybe turn to different kinds of therapy that could help you to, like, I wouldn't just give up. I'd say, hey, there's other approaches that could help achieve this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you touched on a lot of great points there. And I love the, you know, the bumpy road analogy, you know, you want to make it as easy on yourself as possible. And it is training your body and way of being so then it becomes natural, right? And that's the whole thing you do in martial arts, you train and train and train so that if it were to happen in the real world, this becomes a natural response to, you know, to um, respond to whatever the heck is going on. Um, and that because you can't think about it in the real world in that sense. So the same thing with your emotions, you can train these states of being and, you know, plant medicines, I find to be incredibly powerful. Uh, over the years, my perspective changed a little just because I've seen it um, not be respected. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So there's a, you know, the set, the setting, who it's with and understanding why you're doing it. And if you're going to go down like ayahuasca or, or uh, mushrooms or, you know, doing it the right way is so important. Um, but if you do that with that level of respect with the right guide and all those things, it can be incredibly powerful because um, in doing my research over the last few years about what was going on in pharmaceuticals and just seeing the profit-based system and how people kind of get like hooked on these medicines and, uh, you know, all these issues that we have from them, I'm really not a big fan of it. And there's this uh, mm. uh, famous, it kind of is like a natural doctor. I don't know, his name's Dr. Sebi. And he used to say, uh, if it doesn't come from the earth, don't take it. And I kind of resonate with that. You know, I feel like you might need the Western medical system for a little bit, but really if you're, 
if you're um, taking care of your body, it should do most things for you. And if you need these additional benefits, the chances are nature does produce it, but you don't make money from that. And so now this knowledge is really now hidden and it's not as common, um, but it is available. So if you, if you want to go down that route, I, I think that a lot of people have had really great success doing it the right way with the right guide, with the right intent, because, um, you know, <laughs> you can't reproduce a psychedelic experience, you know, in any other form. It is, it can be earth shattering and it can be this complete reset, a whole new way. Like in, yeah. in neurolinguistic program, they talk about your mental view of the world, your world map. And this yeah. is the way the world is. This is your beliefs. This is how you, you know, orient yourself to society and understand things. And what psychedelics have a tendency to do is just shatter that. So then once it's shattered, you have almost have this blank slate where you can reintroduce and just question even these basic assumptions. Um, it can be very, very, very powerful and give you an insight into something so simple because a lot of the stuff is so simple. You know, it's like you're stressed out. Well, like, and then it'll just show you, well, it might do an overview of your life. It's like, well, you watch TV, you eat shit food, you got terrible relationships. You, and then it'll just show you like a month of your life of just being a total butthole. And you're like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm always reminded sometimes of my friend, he, uh, he didn't like mushrooms for a bit because he was in, he was in college and took a whole bunch. And he said, he's like, well, basically they just showed me what an asshole I was. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Sometimes it is. It's just, it's showing us what we, you know, we're, we're existing. As you said earlier, we exist in the familiar and it becomes so familiar. Yeah. Sometimes it helps to just be able to look at ourselves from a bird's eye view from the outside and be like, what, what a, who am I really? And what am I choosing? And how might I want to choose differently when I really understand who I am? I mean, because I see this a lot where I think we, we literally lose track or maybe we never even knew who we really are. You know, like I think we so much grow up in our, in our society, in our childhood education, in our parenting views, in our societies, they kind of make us believe that we're who we should be. But do we, where do we really get to know who we really are as a person? And certainly in some of these activities that you mentioned, I think the more we are, are practicing activities, whether it even doing artwork or singing and music or um, dancing, I'm, I'm, I'm a dancer. So that to me comes to mind um, as well, where we, we get to know ourselves through these activities. Um, but I think if it's, you know, sometimes these plant medicines, I like how you emphasize that, by the way, Matt, because I believe the same thing. It's, you know, when you get down to it, here we are humans in nature and nature provides so much important information and resources for us, even just showing us night and day, you know, light and darkness. Those are huge signals to the human body and brain. If we don't have the right signals of when is it light outside and when is it dark outside, we're not, our hormones are going to get all scrambled. It's, it's so, even light and darkness is important, let alone different sounds and colors and shapes and substances. Like even our, our food is from nature, right? These are, um, should be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is our food from nature, our, our nutrients from nature, herbs. And I'm, you know, trained as a nature biotic doctor. So my medicine is all diet nutrients, herbs, homeopathic remedies, and other substances from nature that we start to realize, like you said, like nature provides so much for us as humans 
to recover from stress and become resilient to stress, we just need to be better at using it. And thankfully, we have a lot of information from humans who came before us who figured out, don't take this plant because it's gonna be poison, but take this plant because it's gonna help your body recover from stress. And to, if we're gonna do that, we need to work with experts in whatever that substance is. You know, I, I see myself as an expert in using nutrients and herbs, for example, for helping people recover from stress, optimize neurotransmitters and hormones, for example. And say a, a shaman's gonna be an expert in the use of ayahuasca for how much, how to use it, how to use it respectfully in ceremony to get this optimal response from it. But it's to know that those are, you know, possibilities, not not so much in the United States at this moment in time or in Canada, you have to go somewhere where it's uh, more available to have and have that expert guiding you. But if you're really in a place where you're like, what else can I do, then, you know, I definitely would say it's worth, yeah, finding the right guide to, to, to consider those other options. Yeah, hundred percent. And even uh, mushrooms, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, that with a good guide and you just want someone who's done that before, um, you know, like you don't want to do it by yourself. Um, but well, you could, you know, um, <laughs> that, yeah, I was going to say though, the first time I, I, I wanted to try acid because and I don't recommend doing this. I'm just saying I tried it because I just heard uh, it scared me uh, as like, oh, it seems mm -hmm. scary. So I put it in its own ca category because it's not natural. Mm -hmm. Mushrooms are natural, but uh, acid scared me or LSD. So I just want to try it. And I did that by myself. And it was a very pleasant experience. And I saw a UFO and I filmed it. So it did exist. It's on my YouTube channel. So don't bug yeah. me about it. Uh, but it was very interesting. Um, but, you know, it's, I just, I just share that because those experiences were helpful for me, but I took responsibility for my, myself and I had done some of the work with mushrooms and, and meditation. And so the thing that I learned from mushrooms, you know, and I don't do them all the time, but when I did, I took the lessons and I integrated it, right? Yes. I was practicing meditation. I was doing self-reflection. I was sitting in meditation for hours. Um, and I was like, you know, and then I, you know, I would pray and do these other things. Is this the right thing for me to do? This isn't for me to do it as a party. You know what I mean? I just, I wanted to know what it did um, because, you know, people will share these different techniques and, and tools and say, oh, this is a life-changing tool. And what I've found is that oftentimes if you've never done mushrooms you, or you've never done a cold bath, and these are kind of different categories, yeah. uh, you've never done meditation, but if you do, if you do one of them, um, they're all kind of doing the same thing where they're bringing you to this other side of self-exploration where the person has not integrated any of that into their life. So it can be that open door, right? And so if you have somebody who's, you know, done that enough and done enough work, you know, mushrooms is a little bit of a, a softer introduction where ayahuasca is a lot more intense and you 100% need someone who exactly knows what they're doing um, with the right group of people because it's, um, it's very intense, but I've seen a lot of, uh, great come from it. And I have heard of some challenges where people didn't do it in the right way. Right. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not anything. a toy. You don't play with a, a bow and arrow. You don't play with a gun. You do not play with plant medicines because you will get, you know, kicked in the ass in a righteous way that you don't want. So yeah, yeah. And I would say that's like, as I said earlier with exercise, like if we, we can overdo anything that in a certain dose is good, but it, overdoing it can work against us. Even, you know, when we overexercise, we can increase our cortisol too high. Or I would even say there's probably such a thing as too much meditation, depending on the person. You know, you wanna, 
you're going to start off with a small amount and you're going to, like you say, you're going to give yourself a chance to integrate what, what information you took from that meditation session. And you're going to then sit with yourself and kind of do this daily check-in, I call it, you know, like uh, my daily check-in is five things. How's my energy level? How's my mood? How was my sleep the night before? How's my uh, focus? And how's my body feel like, you know, so just kind of do this daily check in and say, how, how's this feeling? How do I, how is this amount of whatever new activity or substance? And even I would say like we use plant medicines or plant herbs, right? Ashwagandha, for example, is most known for helping to decrease cortisol that's too high. So now it traditionally ashwagandha was used for stress in general. But the recent research is showing, well, it's probably really good for someone whose cortisol is too high, whereas someone whose cortisol is too low, we, we might instead use one of the ginsengs, Eleutherococcus, for example, Siberian ginseng or rhodiola or glyceriza. These are herbs that help the adrenal glands make more cortisol, right? So we're going to use different herbs for different purposes. We're also, even rhodiola, at a low dose, rhodiola raises cortisol. At a high dose, rhodiola lowers cortisol. So it can be even dose dependent. And so that's just to say that I think, you know, it's important to be mindful with all substances, like what, what really is needed for your body and, you, you know, your system and make sure you're dosing and you're choosing the right thing for you. Because otherwise, it may or, may or may not help you and it might actually make you feel worse if it's not the right, you know, the right match. And so that's why in the book, I, I identify these five, what I call the five stress types, which is based on the cortisol and adrenaline levels. You know, is your, is both your cortisol and adrenaline too high? I call that a stress magnet, or if it's at night, I call it a night owl, you know, because usually the high cortisol adrenaline will make it hard to get good sleep. You'll be up late or waking up in the middle of the night versus the blah and blue that has both low cortisol, low adrenaline, um, or the, then there's the sluggish and stressed and tired and wired that have um, either high cortisol, high or low adrenaline or the opposite. And it's, these are just the most common patterns that I see when I measure these levels. And I wanna point out that they each have a different pathway through the three phases of recovery. So that's why it's so important to know what your levels are so that you can actually successfully get through the free three phases of recovery and get to this resiliency mode. Yeah, I love that. The uh, personalized integration or solution is so paramount. And I learned this from martial arts where Bruce Lee would, you know, he's like my mentor in martial arts, obviously dead, but um, he would just say, you know, one technique might not work the same for both people. You got to, you got to make it individual and with everything in life. You want to make it individual to who you are and what you're going through and, and what's uniquely your pattern. So I love how you mentioned that. And I think that's crucial, especially, especially if you're going to go into the more intense stuff, but you know, I think that most, well, even too, one of the things that I've uh, shared with people is like, okay, if, if you're going to go do a psychedelic or something more intense, um, you know, go have a real meeting with God first in the sense of go somewhere in nature and what is the experience you're looking for go do that first because in some senses it can be the easy way out right where you want this again it's you want that liposuction now it does do that mentally spiritually emotionally because it's such a powerful experience and there is a ton of value to that but did you you know did you go to the creator first did you go to yourself and the creator first do that first always right because that's where, where the real healing and the real answer is 100 um and then that you'll be guided to the tools and resources that are here 
right? Necessary. So it might be that. It might be something you have no idea, right? Mm -hmm. It could just, you know, you might get this, who knows what the heck will happen. Go there first, always, mm -hmm. you know, I <laughs> go to the, yeah. go to God and creator in, in an earnest way, in an earnest prayer. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And that was kind of some of the stuff I was a little disheartened by in the spiritual community and the new age community over time of knowing people over three, five, seven years and, you know, getting in and doing a psychedelic and then becoming enlightened. And then all of a sudden crashing and burning because they, you know, it was still like a bit of a spiritual ego ride. And, you know, so I kind of saw that happen quite a few times and so you know if you go to god first always whatever that is for you in a very earnest fashion that that connection between you and god is going to show you the solution you need it might be meeting someone like you that can guide through the stress right because you know there there's always going to be a solution out there everything that we need is here um and so you know we got to learn how to find that you know oh my gosh and i i love that you're saying this because i do this with my patients every day you know i've as a naturopathic doctor i have so many tools at my fingertips and I can, based on the information I get, based on testing and you know taking a person's case, I will sit, sit with a patient and say, here's like, let's say five options. You could choose this, you could choose this, you could choose this, we can do powders, we can do liquids, we can do homeopathic remedies or not, you know, like there's options, but I want then the patient to sit with themselves and, and as you say, their creator, their their understanding of themselves and the world around them and choose based on what they feel is going to be best for them because ultimately it's it's our body it's our life that we're choosing for i can't i can give you here's the tools that make sense and are available but i'm going to want you to choose it based on what's really going to be a match for you. And then of course we can learn along the way. Your body's gonna give us feedback. We always want to be listening and observing and and changing, making tweaks and changes along the way. But it it it's it's not just about giving one protocol to everyone. It has to be that the person knows this is what feels right to me at this moment in time. A hundred percent. I absolutely love that and agree. Well, this whole show has been amazing. And I bet you your book has got all the protocols and everything. I've browsed the chapter. So, you know, it's important because the thing is you're talking about stress, but the opposite of stress is peace. Right. And so it's understanding like everybody in the world experiences stress throughout their life. You cannot not experience it unless you're that one dude who maybe doesn't experience it anymore. Um, but the, if we're going to optimize our life, if we're going to have a solid spiritual connection, if we're going to have good relationships, we have to learn how to be in states of peace. Because even if you're with someone you love, you know, when they're stressed out and they're not the best version of themselves. And that also goes into, you know, your feeling of surrender, of, of feeling safe and secure, having a spiritual connection, you know, with this whole stuff that's been going on in the world and some of the stuff. So with the podcast, people listening, I've been doing less podcasts because I have to move my whole family because I'm observing the reality of Canada making moves that are give my family a quality of life. Um, so it is a little bit of a, a stress and I have to do a little bit less episodes, but I'm responding to what's going on. And I'm giving that bigger thing to the creator, just saying, God, you know, lead my family to a place where it was going to be great for my daughter, where we can grow our family, where we can contribute to humanity or our community or whatever the case is. Um, but it's this faith because some of the bigger stuff is it's outside of my control. You know, mm -hmm. when I went into human trafficking, it's just so dark. When I went down these rabbit holes of the last 
last two years, a lot of them are very dark and sad. And I can't do anything specifically to stop it. Um, I can do what I feel is my part for the solution and then focus on that fully. So it puts the power back, you know, in, in my pocket or in my being. Um, but it's that faith and trust, you know, this is happening for a reason. The bigger stuff is up to you know, the creator and each individual has to make their choice, their decision. And so once again, if you're stressed about the world and everything that's going on, you're not going to be the best version of yourself. You're not going to be that best father, the best mother, the best brother, uh, employee, entrepreneur, whatever the case is, it's getting into this phase of peace. And that's where you get that power from the creators. You know, it is going to be okay. No matter what they throw at me, I'm going to be able to respond in some sort of capacity. Right. And that's what they teach you in martial arts. And that's what they teach you in, you know, war, you know, cause it kind of like, you know, martial arts kind of stuff, but you train for the worst possible scenario. And you say, mm -hmm. well, if the worst thing happens, how am I going to respond to that? Right. And so yeah, mentally, I think a lot of people are just so soft, you know, just like, Oh, I can't respond. I can't deal with this. It's like, no, you can respond and deal with so much more, especially when you have, you know, God in your side and God in your heart, I believe. So I'm curious if you want to speak on that and then just tell us like anything that we should have touched on or we should touch on before we uh, close it down. Ah, oh, thank you so much. And it's definitely, I mean, I think it's so important to be able to learn how to be accepting of ourselves and and forgiving of things sometimes it's about forgiveness and it's also and then you know trusting that we're going to be able to respond in the moment and and i think the more we know ourselves and know the tools that have helped us along the way you feel like you have a toolbox here you know so no matter what comes up you're like oh i i can open up my toolbox and i'm gonna know already what you know how to how am I going to feed myself? What do I need to do to get good sleep? How do I, what kind of recovery activities and exercise do I need to do? Because this is the thing is usually when we're most stressed, we end up almost like forgetting about all of our, what I call care, C-A-R-E, um, for clean eating, adequate sleep, recovery activities and exercise. We tend to throw our self-care out the window when we're under stress. But as you're saying, it's like when we're most stressed, we need to, turn to the things that have helped us the most, including spirituality, including diet, including um, other recovery activities and exercise, like those are the tools that are going to help you through it. And, um, and so just, yeah, having that already part of your usual day to day activity. So it's not that you're having to figure it out in the moment, this is already what you're doing every day. So it's just part of your, what I call your self-care routine automatically. And that's, yeah, I share all of that in the book. And it's, and I'm so glad to have the chance to talk about it. And, and I hope it's going to resonate and help your listeners as well. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, where can people find the book if they want to learn more about you, more about your work and uh, pick up the book? Well, the book is at Amazon and other booksellers, wherever you normally buy a book. So it's not just at Amazon, wherever you like to get a book, um, including you can get it from my um, my website, which is drdonnie.com. So D-O-C-T-O-R-D-O-N-I.com. Donnie is short for Danielle. Um, so just drdonnie.com. And I have all kinds of other resources there, including my podcast, which I'd love to interview you there, Matt. I'm at, my podcast is How Humans Heal. Um, and I love to talk more about, you know, just different approaches that help people with, with being human and being healthy humans, no matter what stress comes along. 
Beautiful. Well, I'd be honored to be a guest. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I invite people to check out your work, check out your podcast, check out the book. It looks like a wonderful book. If you know somebody super stressed out, send them a book, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. the worst case scenario that, you know, they don't read it, but maybe someone will. Someone is always stressed. You know what I mean? So it's a great, it's a great topic to help people with. So I appreciate it as an audio book too, by the way. Oh, so Perfect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, thanks everybody for watching. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Dr. Donnie Wilson. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and you'll share it far and wide on whatever social media platforms you use. Consider going to mattbelair.com and becoming a member uh, by donation. Uh, reach out anytime if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. The show is going to start rolling again. As I said at the beginning of this, I just relocated my entire family, and that is a bunch of work, and I could not... Uh, think straight at all so I had to pause the podcast and also dealing with some of these technical things so if anybody has any suggestions about uh, getting the word out new platforms uh, alternative um, ways to share let me know Uh, I've been active on telegram for those of you guys who know that so I've been maintaining telegram over the last few months but uh, yeah all the other platforms been really shut out and nothing's getting out so just got to figure out what the heck I'm going to do about that to share uh, just positive uplifting empowering content so all suggestions are welcome uh thank you guys so much let's come into a state of peace and coherence uh before we dive in oh and you can just hit me up anytime matt at zenathlete.com very easy email me i'm there okay matt at zenathlete.com let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this episode wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace compassion faith courage and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.